over a decade. So in order for debt talk to be relevant to the debt sector, this podcast is really about exploring vulnerability on behalf of individuals who work in the financial conduct authority of regulated organizations to identify vulnerability and to take steps to support communities within their capacity to meet their regulatory obligations. To support listeners to understand vulnerability, it is crucial to understand the definition of such a term from experts who have been leading on this subject for a very long time. On this first Debt Talk podcast, we have Helen Lord, who have been tirelessly speaking at so many events to highlight the importance of the meaning of vulnerability. And she is CEO and original founder of Vulnerability Registration Services. Let's start with Helen to briefly give an overview of what she does and then clearly the definition of vulnerability. Hi there. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, so as you say, I, I'm the CEO of the Vulnerability Registration Service and what we are focused on really is helping organisations to identify vulnerability in their, in their customer base. From an individual's perspective, we are trying to help them really not have to communicate their circumstances repeatedly, hopefully trying to um, fast track the, the customer journey wherever appropriate, enable them to, to get the right treatment. And, and, and really the way we do that, there is no single source of um, vulnerability data. You can, there's no way you can just go and find out who's vulnerable. So we have to do that by working with many, many different organisations. Sometimes they are providing us with information because they have the authority to do so. Sometimes they are signposting individuals to us um, to, to register and they, they simply register um, high level details, but also give an indication of the, the type of situation they're in. And our reach is very strongly financial services, but it also extends to other aspects of, of people's lives. And, and that can be anything from utilities, insurance, online gambling, whatever it is, because if somebody is, say, for example, struggling with their mental health, struggling in debt, it can be relevant to all those different touch points. You talked about reaching out to vulnerable individuals, but of course, before we reach out, we really need to focus on, on the meaning of vulnerability. So in your professional opinion, what is vulnerability? I think it's it's a, it's a very good question. And I, I think there is a lot of sensitivity about even using the word vulnerability. And, and I, I get that people may not want to be perceived as, as vulnerable, but I think we that's where we've got, that's what we've got at the moment. That's probably what's used um, in, in in the sort of financial services world anyway to, to identify people but it can be anything it can be financial hardship it can be financial capability but it can be health related or it can be circumstantial and it can be transient as well so it can be somebody suffering badly because of a relationship breakdown suffering um in, in a bad way because of a bereavement but it is subjective. You, you can't you can't first of all predict if somebody is going to have some a life event that's going to impact them dramatically. There are things you can do to identify how that's going to impact them, but you can't predict it's going to happen. You can do a little bit more in terms of financial vulnerability. We we have data available to look at what's happening and see perhaps what's around the corner a little bit. Um, but it 
say a bereavement can affect somebody I mean I use the example of a bereavement because it can affect somebody in a completely different way somebody might lose a relative that they are not necessarily close to but it might have implications for them they can, they may lose a parent and it might devastate them so you know it, it has to be dependent upon the individual to an extent and I think the other thing and we all know this if we, if we work in this world is you you've got um different life circumstances which are often coupled with your financial circumstances and I think the most common one we look at um, is um, financial health and mental health and one impacts the other and um, it can spiral out of control so I think we have to take those things into account and I think what we try and do a little bit is is highlight that both those things might might happen so it may be somebody's in debt they might be coping with that really well and finding a way out of it they might be a little bit in debt and they might be basically curled up in bed with a duvet over their head and can't cope with that. There is a wide scope when it comes to defining it but there is also a burden upon organizations to make sure identifying it. Now, how can organizations that don't have the expertise like you do to identify those things, knowing that uh, the burden on organizations, it appears to be much more greater now than ever before? Right, well, I think now is the time that organisations are, you know, there isn't a choice. We've got to identify vulnerability. And, and I think that the, the regulatory pressure is is now there. You know, it's, it's all very well talking about it and wanting to do the right thing. Now, now is the time to do it. There are tools out there. And I would say straight up, there isn't a magic wand to give you a call script or a right outcome for every individual. We're all learning from this and we're all developing as we go along. But as I say, there are tools out there. So I will promote what we do for a start, which is just a database of individuals who are vulnerable and um, they might be vulnerable because they're in, uh, seriously in debt, they might be vulnerable because they can't manage their own finances, because they're lacking mental capacity, because they are a victim of a loan shark, all those different things. So that's a starting point. There are, there are ways of identifying that. There's things that organisations can do themselves to identify their vulnerable um, customers when they're talking to people. And I think it's really training their staff to to look out for those signs and understand that but in addition to us i mean we work very closely with an organization called data on demand who identify people people who are vulnerable um because it, it, and you can see that as a result of their sort of credit activity excuse me, in terms of seeking out high cost short-term credit we work with an organization called Elenev who really look at a non-personal level but at the propensity for people to be, start to, to start to suffer in terms of financial um difficulty and that's really honed down to a postcode level and it's really looking at you know is this person going to start to start to struggle over the next next few months now all these tools can be combined we're all working in partnership in a collaborative way trying to sort of give give the answers out there credit data has been out there for the last 40 odd years and credit data tells you an awful lot um right down to the amount of applications for credit somebody's making to looking at whether the sudden strange activity that's that's not typical um if somebody's suddenly starting to go into arrears um and there's a pattern to that you know these it, it does tell you an awful lot there's a huge amount of information sitting there so and then i mean open banking is a is a tool that's being increasingly used and i think 
we all need to start to learn that to use it in the best way. You know, and I, I have conversations with organisations all the time, and I think open banking is a little bit similar to vulnerability data. It's all very well as presenting that, but we still we need to know how to use it and what to do with it. And a lot of it's common sense, but we need to sit down and work that out and, and, and really understand that. And I think there are there are answers. And a lot of this is common sense. It's really common sense. We just have to think, how would I expect to be treated? How would my elderly mother expect to be treated? And, you know, there are indicators around that. And, and sometimes it's, yeah, really, you don't, you, reading out that data protection script and telling somebody you can't authenticate them 15 times is not getting you to where you want to be. How would an organisation evidence that it is doing the right thing for the benefit of a vulnerable individual? So, I mean, well, training, you know, making sure that um, there is an element of, of a customer service team that is highly trained and equipped to deal with very, very vulnerable people. But I think it's bigger than that. I think the entire sort of customer facing staff need to have a high level of element of training to, to understand what they're looking at and to understand what the expectations are. Um, and I'm not being disparaging in any way, but very often customer service staff are probably a younger demographic. Um, they potentially don't always have the same level of life experience, but equally they all have parents, they all have relatives, they all have, they can all put themselves in that position. And I think it's just highlighting that and making them think in that empathetic way and not forcing them down a sort of call script that they are in fear of the lives of, of stepping out of if, if the circumstances um, meet that. So yeah, I think training is, is very, very important. Looking at processes is important and that's right from the start to the finish. It's right from customer acquisition right out to collection, somebody in, in, in debt and, and, and going through that process with vulnerability absolutely in mind. And the, as I say, you know, if, if we're creating a plan to meet what the Financial Conduct Authority are expecting. And I don't think it's just that, it's the right thing to do. It's the socially right thing to do for organisations. But what we should be doing is, how do we identify vulnerable customers? Do we use the tools that are available to us? Um, have we looked at our processes? Have we trained our staff? Have we looked at, you know, are we monitoring the outcomes and the results of, of, of how we're dealing with people? You mentioned about monitoring outcome and as you know recently FCA published its guidance on consumer duty and what is your thought on consumer duty? Well I, I absolutely welcome it and the reason I, I welcome it is because I mean VRS vulnerability registration service we've been going for six years I have seen enormous appetite to change processes deal with vulnerable customers in a, in a different way but at the same time um, the action on the back of that has been slow. And I think the reason that it's been slow is because some of the things we've touched on, not knowing exactly what to do with individuals, um, actually having to attribute resource to it, putting it on the priority um, list. Is it impacting on technology? All the things that any anything um, would do, I think, having that sort of FCA focus on it now and having to have a plan and having some dates around these things means that this is going to be escalated up to board level and that it's going to have the necessary attention put behind it. From your uh, professional experience and understanding, what sort of challenges would organisation come across in implementing such a duty? 
I think that the, the, the main um, challenge, I, I don't think the challenges are as big as, as we might think. I think, you know, it's there's a bit of a fear of the unknown out there. But I think once we sit down and look at it and organisations start to really address it, I think I think a lot of these things will, will probably um, sort of slip into place. But there is going to have to be resource attributed to, to some of these things. And there will be some technical challenges. It will mean tweaking processes and procedures and maybe looking at things like, I don't know, a customer relationship management system and how do we plug into that and, and identify vulnerability. But I think, you know, it's, it's not like it, something like that. I mean, we always say that, you know, plugging us in, it's an API link. It's not, it's not that complex. It's not going to take weeks and weeks of resources. It's not like doing something dramatic. The cost involved in using a, a service like ours isn't particularly high in the great scheme of things. Um, so I think it's just getting on, buckling down and, and doing it really. But we're in times of a cost of living crisis where we know um, organizations and individuals are going to find themselves in great difficulties in that context how can organizations implement all those things while deal with the pressures well i think you have to flip it on its head and say what's what's good what's in the interest of the organizations the organization's goals because quite honestly you know if somebody's slipped into debt and they're suffering from the cost of living crisis and with the best will in the world they can't pay their bills there's no good sending them 16 letters in two months and saying oh pay us your money because it isn't going to work you, you you know you need to approach things in different ways and i know this is easier said than done but it, it you know it's all around engaging those customers and trying to give them the understanding that there is help available to them and not making them recoil from that so it is in the interests of, of of the organization it's a fact people are going to suffer from cost of cost of living ignoring it isn't going to um, make anything better so if you had to give a few tips to organizations and their staff what would they be M my tip would be get on with it now start to address this now don't expect that don't think that you're going to have a plan in a month and you're going to have all the answers you're not but if you don't start to address it now then you're going to have a bigger task further down the line not only are you going to have re regulators breathing down your neck because you haven't actually started to put any plans in place but the build-up of your vulnerable customer base is going to grow because people are going to be in debt. You need to start learning now, start acting now, and everything else will follow. And that would be my, my main tip. Don't, don't prevaricate, just, just start doing this because it, it's not going to go away. And how about staff well-being? I mean, I'm not, I'm not the expert on staff well-being. I, I totally understand and and i've done it i've run a massive call center in a credit reference agency and i know what it's like having sat there having people shout at me all day every day on the end of a call and i know that that can can start to have an effect but i again i think whilst you're training staff to deal with vulnerable customers and have empathy with that equally you need that training to appreciate the fact that how, how staff are impacted because it can be very pressurized and i think that's obviously going to increase in the in the in the next year or so what made you set up vulnerability registration service well um two reasons really um first reason and i just alluded to it having having you know dealt with 
a, a department who, who which was dealing with thousands of individuals um a week who were in trouble because they couldn't get credit they got credit reports they didn't understand them um and seeing the vulnerability associated with that i think that there's there's a need for it um second reason and my co-directors will all give you their their own story around this i think my my personal motivations are, are from having um particularly having a, fa a father who, who had Alzheimer's, who went from being, you know, a very successful company director to not, you know, being able to function and, and seeing the impact on that, the risk associated with that, the vulnerability associated with that, the hassles of setting up a power of attorney and dealing with organisations with the, with the difficulties associated with that. Um, so I think that was one of my main drivers. And recently I've moved my own mother in who is, is 90 years old. I had to shift all of her finances into my name, change address, all those things. And I've seen it with every single organisation I've worked with. Nothing has been plain sailing from utilities, council tax, through to bank accounts. Um, you know, it, it, it is harder and it could be easier. I'm not saying it's ever going to be simple, but it could be easier. Helen Lord from Vulnerability Registration Services. Thank you for taking part in Debt Talk podcast. Thank you. If anyone wants to get in touch uh, with me to talk about your subjects or subjects that are of interest to you, please do get in touch. Ripon, R-I-P-O-N dot R-A-Y at yourdoctordebt.com so you can take part in Debt Talk. 